We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. That was definitely one of the games. And as Arjun, Alex, and I talked about right before the show, it was probably one of the worst ones I can recall, certainly of this regime. Although with the Chargers, there's always next week where there's another worst game. Um, Steven's not here, and he's on a cruise. I hope he's enjoying himself. Uh, Steven does not drink, but there are drinks on a cruise ship. And if he saw this game, I believe he would take his first official drink. Um, whether you, Arjun, and Alex are drinking is up to you. Have at it, guys, in the chat if you're drinking. Have at it, man. Get something out of today um, as we near Thanksgiving. Alex, uh, how was that game, man? I did the podcast with Arjun last week, and that was way worse. Um, that was the worst Chargers loss since the Jags game. Just straight up. Um, no, that was terrible to watch. All fronts. Coaching, execution, dumb moments, drops, slips. Um I don't know. And it's just, again, why this team, you know, they came into this game one game out of a playoff spot, technically. And it's just why it was always hard to take them seriously um, as a playoff contender, because this stuff just always keeps happening. It's the lack of execution. And um, no, that was uh, that was that was heartbreaking. Uh, real bitch to take. Mm-hmm. Arjun, how you doing, man? I'm I'm actually doing fine. Like I, you know, this, I, I was I've been <laughs> for ready you. for this. Like I I think I've picked against the Chargers every single week. I did for too. Like the past like five weeks, it's, it's just a standard 
reoccurring theme. And honestly, to Alex's point, I think this was I think this was the worst lost loss in the Staley tenure, in my opinion. I think the only mm-hmm. one that can really rival rival it was the Raiders game in 2021 to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it felt it really yeah. did feel like Herbert put the team on his back in that game, especially in the fourth, and then defense let them down. And I know that you know it only says they put up 23 points. Again, they haven't scored 20 points in seven weeks. Jordan Love hasn't thrown for 300, or the Packers haven't had a 300 yard passer since 2021. Um, oh, and again, Jordan Love looked like a top 10 quarterback in this game. I think every everything that Herbert couldn't control went wrong in this game and that's that's the part that really pissed me off is like i this was i thought one of his best games like just he he was so efficient pocket manipulation running the ball which everyone has wanted him to do i mean and he wasn't afraid from contact afraid of contact and everything running game offensive line in the clutch receivers catching the ball penalties on defense and then third and longs it's just it's just everything went wrong and i think like it's just so hard to watch a quarterback put up a performance like that, where he literally probably had a flawless game outside of that one stone smart throw. And they, they still lost because this defense just can't get a stop in the fourth quarter when they need to. Yeah. Let's start with Justin Herbert, because I do want to start with this performance. He was darn near perfect. And this is maybe the most I've seen him be active at the line of scrimmage. There's some games that I've missed this year because I'm at the game. So maybe I can't tell as much, but it's not a broadcast angle, but he seemed very involved more so than usual at the line of scrimmage and everything that he was doing worked, whether it was scrambling, it worked. He put up 333 total yards, um, had two touchdowns, leaving the fourth quarter. You know, he leads them all the way to the two yard line. Eckler fumbles, then they score a passing touchdown the next play. And then Quentin Johnson has that wide open pass, drops it. That would have been at least a game tying field goal there. That could have even been a touchdown all in itself. I mean, it was so frustrating. And this is the first time that I can remember Herbert being like visibly angry at his offense on the field. That spike when they did not get the snap off and they were called for delay of game was as angry as I can remember him. And I felt last week he was pretty angry too. Herbert and Keenan seemed pretty pissed off that they were trailing and it wasn't had anything, doesn't really have anything to do with, do with them. But today when he spiked that football, you could tell he was upset with whoever it was, maybe just the center. Um, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him for everything that he's done from about the mid-second quarter last game all the way through the rest of this game. Everything Herbert had control over, like you said, Arjun, he's basically been perfect. There's really nothing else you could have asked of him. But three drops from Keenan, the huge drop from Quentin Johnson, drop from Donald Parham. Um, the fumble at the two, the defense, everything out of his power went wrong. Everything Herbert could do was nearly flawless. And it's such a shame to watch him both lose and get frustrated. And now probably have another season where they don't make the postseason. I mean, I figured it was going to happen at some point. I didn't think it would be the Green Bay game. Yeah. Um, no, Herbert played perfectly today and it's a shame (laughs) fans have been begging hey herbert where we get like arjun said are we gonna run (laughs) like and he runs for 70 yards more yards than austin eckler had uh and just on the hold this was a really perfect passing performance i even think you can hold a couple things in the detroit game against him like the uh, joseph interception and kind of a sloppy first quarter for him but this from quarter one to quarter four was just a perfect performance the touchdown ball, he just wired in there to Keenan Allen uh, to take the lead and then the defense immediately giving it back. Um, it's just super unfortunate that they weren't able to come away with this game because truthfully, I mean, you could debate the Minnesota game, the Lions game. I think if you were to just ignore the stats and watch the film, like this might have been his best game of the year. Um, and for them to lose that way 
because of the defense, because of all of the issues um, on offense and execution late in the game. Uh, it, it just stinks that they weren't able to come away with that one despite, you know, a heroic effort. And, you know, Daniel Popper had a bit in his article last week where it just he said uh, they just keep you know losing these historic Herbert games. Um, and he just posted a, a different Staley quote from uh, a different year, basically. Uh, and, you know, it's the same feeling every time. It's the same story every time. And I think that's the that's the really frustrating thing about this loss in particular. Um, you could copy paste every press conference reaction from Herbert and Staley and put it on this one because same shit happened today. Yeah, I wonder how the press conference is going. Usually Alex takes care of those for us. But uh, I think Alex is avoiding them. I can't imagine there's anything different at this point. We are... We're watching the Titanic go down. You know, it took a long time in the movie for the, the boat to officially go down. And we're just going to sit here and play the music until it does. So really unfortunate. Um, I guess sticking with the theme of the offense, Artisan, how did you feel about the offense overall? To me, the passing game seemed to be fine outside of the part where you drop passes. But your main concern, I think, throughout the most of the game was the running on first down. when it was clearly the least efficient thing they were doing all day. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it in my video, but the Packers are a team you can run on. They're like a bottom five rushing defense. And on early downs, on first and second down, the Chargers had 16 rushes, success rate of 25% on those rushes. Only four of those 16 rushes um, were deemed as successful. And in comparison, when, when they threw the ball, they had a 47% success rate. And so it's just like, I don't know what's going on. This team can't run the ball. Um you know, that, that Eckler run where he got caught from behind. I mean, that was one of the saddest things I think I've ever watched because he had a full head of steam and he, like he, once he hit that outside edge, like he should have been gone. I feel like old Eck would have been able to take that to the house, but he didn't. And then obviously you get inside the five yard line. This is supposed to be Eckler specialty. And then he just slips, mm -hmm. then he fumbles. And it was just, it was just a tragedy. I mean, it, it's tough. Like you don't really need like in games like this, like you saw the Chargers were able to move the ball without running the ball that well. But once you're inside that five yard line, man, I mean, it helps so much if you can just run the ball up the gut and, and pick up those easy yards, which they have been able to do. And today, on, honestly, that fumble kind of just killed them. So, yeah, I think the run game was bad. Pass protection was bad. You, you want to guess how many pressures uh, on initial review Zion Johnson gave up today? Seven. I don't know. Was it bad? Ten. Really? I didn't notice that live, I'll be honest. <laughs> I I think like there were I, I did feel like there were a lot of plays where Zion was like kind of scrambling or uh, mm. Herbert was kind of scrambling, he was kind of throwing outside of the pocket. That's honestly probably why he scrambled so much. Mm. But I'll I'll give the pressures breakdown real quick and then pass it back. Sure. Zion at 10, Slater allowed five, Pipkins allowed four, Sawyer and Clap allowed two. Okay, so just for my dumb brain, how many pressures is that? Total 23. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, this Green Bay front isn't bad by any means, but they're certainly not the, the Jets. That's not great. No. Um, do we have Chargers? I guess we can switch to the defense now. Chargers yeah. pressures generated. Khalil Mack had a good game, it seemed like. Yeah, Mack had five pressures. Uh, Joseph Day with three, Tuli mm -hmm. with two, and then a bunch of guys with one. Uh, great. All right, so let's let's get into this defense. Um, let me run down the Jordan Love Packers stats. So Jordan Love, 27 of 40, 322 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, even though they did not have 
Aaron Jones, and they lost Emmanuel Wilson. The Packers put up 102 yards rushing on the ground. The rate wasn't that great, although the three runs that Dylan had to basically close sort of the end of the game, that doesn't really help his average. But Jaden Reed gets those key three rushes for 46 yards. Uh, you let Dontavian Wicks get a whole 91 yards on you. Romeo Dubs, 53. Jaden Reed, 46, plus the, the 46 on the ground. Uh, Musgrave contributed. Christian Watson had a touchdown. Um, I think the worst of them all, even though we all saw it coming, was the the final key drive for the Packers that wasn't running out the clock, where Asante Samuel Jr. got called for pass interference on third and 20, gave the Packers 24 yards. They would eventually score on that one for a touchdown uh, like three plays later. Uh, so, guys, the, the defense, did you expect it to be this bad? Um, I didn't. Did I expect it to be this bad? No, actually, I think they found a, a new low um, that they were able to climb to today. Um, I, you know, I guess I score wise, uh, you know, um, I, it wasn't too off from what I predicted. But, you know, I don't know what the final yardage numbers ended up being for the Packers as a whole, but 330 yards through three quarters, you know, when they capped off the uh third quarter with that touchdown drive and it just it just felt like they were you know uh unstoppable today and the chargers mm-hmm. were never able to get a stop when it mattered before we start talking about the defense i do think it's you know uh prayers for joey bosa who seemingly yeah suffered, you know a pretty Awful. gnarly injury probably done for the year i guess we'll wait for official confirmation on that was on crutches on the sideline so shout out to him um but no uh the third down defense man i <laughs> I don't have the words anymore to like really describe just how disjointed the miscommunications that like keep happening and they keep playing the off coverage because they think that it's going to work. Um, and I, I tweeted during the game, but it's like, I feel like I could run five yards on a third and five, turn around, catch the ball and then get killed, you know, on a tackle. And that's just what it's been, you know, in the Chiefs game, we saw it in the Lions game. We saw it in this game. We saw it. And um I, I don't know how you really get better at it because um, I think at this point we do have to talk about Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. as, as liabilities in coverage at this point. Um, job, you know, uh, on a couple of those third downs was uh, responsible for the, you know, catch. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know how they can have so many of these plays where it's like, you know, Dontavion Wicks is, is like, picking up the first down and there's not a defender within 20 yards of him, or at least, you know, it, it feels like that watching it on the TV broadcast. And uh, I don't know. It's um, it's, it's been the same thing all year. You know, I, I was watching the game a little bit delayed on like the NFL game pass feed. And I saw the popper tweet about third and 20 come up before the play actually happened. <laughs> and I was just like, it's it's predictable, right? Um, yeah. And that flag absolutely deserved to you know be called. So um, bad angles that they take on tackles that allow third downs, and you know at this point there's no like way around it. Like they are terrible third down defense. Regardless, if you want to take out penalties, if you want to, you know, it's just it's been this way all year, and like there's no sign of it turning around. So. Um, I mean, that's like the first thing that jumps off the page to me is just and, you know, it leads to points for Green Bay, obviously, on that drive at the end. Um, But even, you know, third and 12, you can't get off the field earlier in that game. And that leads to a field goal drive for for Green Bay. 
Um, so the Chargers just continuously kept giving them points. And I, I think that that's going to be the thing that they look back at for most of their losses this season is mm-hmm. they were, you know, just bad third down games. Um, and ultimately that falls on like the defense for executing. It, it falls on Staley for, you know, his defense not being able to communicate with each other in those moments and like figure out where everybody needs to be um, or they know where they need to be. And it's, you know, playing off the ball, you know, 30 yards. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's frustrating from a third down perspective. And then the rest of the game, it just feels like unless Khalil Mack got a sack, unless the defense got some kind of pressure, the secondary was screwed the entire game. Um, and it's been that way for the Chargers the whole year, which is why, you know, after the Jets game, when they sacked Zach Wilson eight times and, and got all those 30 pressures, it's like, that's great that's not going to happen every week and you're also not going to play Zach Wilson. Right. And and that's kind of why that was, you know, a bit of a Mickey mouse win when you consider, you know, the other teams that the chargers have to play when they don't get the requisite amount of pass rush pressure, like this is what happens. Um, and the threshold for what they need out of the pass rush is going up every week because of these secondary mistakes. So um, it, it's just kind of tough to watch. Not really a great game from like Kendricks or Murray again, either, and, um, you know, it, it, they're not getting what they need out of their defensive line. Now Joey Bosa's hurt, and that's going to make pass rush even mm-hmm. harder to generate considering how he was playing. Um, and so the secondary being uh, what it is is just tough to watch right now. Um, and so I don't, I don't know how you fix it with the pieces that they have. You know, they, they tried, I guess, Pelissero leaked before the game that they were going to do the Derwin, like, in the slot thing. And they, like, kind of did that for a little bit. Um, and Derwin playing closer to the box didn't fix everything. He got beat by Musgrave, too. Um, so I, I don't – I guess the thing I struggle with is I don't know how it's this bad in terms of the miscommunication issues because the Chargers have had third down bad third-down defense all of Staley's tenure. Um but it's just sunk into like a new low where I don't know how invested the players are from like play to play when they get in these third down situations. And, you know, do they know what scheme they're supposed to be running? Do they know what play call they're supposed to be doing? And, you know, it's just not complimentary when you see, you know, all these guys just kind of like broken and then, you know, throwing their hands up after a third down completion. So I, I don't know. Um, and, like Ja Taylor said, you know, during the week, you know, they keep continuously trying to correct the same things in the film room every week. Um, and I keep watching the same things in my TV every week. So I, I don't know how it gets better from this point. Um, but that's a long-winded way of saying it's the same shit we see every game. The pass rush doesn't do enough. The secondary is screwed. And the people to blame for that are ultimately the players and uh, the guy who's the defensive coordinator of this team. Yeah, so just scrolling through while you were talking, uh, not that I wasn't listening, but eight explosive plays allowed by the Chargers defense, including runs and pass. Um, That doesn't sound like a lot, I guess, considering you watched the game and felt like it was more, but there were so many plays scrolling through there where it was like 12-yard passes, 14-yard passes. So it wasn't an explosive play, but still an easy first down for them um people are mentioning the press conferences deleted i don't know if anyone's actually found that other than i haven't i have a couple in the chat um uh would be interesting if that were certainly the case but um yeah that's unfortunate they wouldn't they wouldn't have uploaded the 
press conference yet because they only do it live on the Chargers feed and then it goes up on the team website later. So I don't know. Yeah, so maybe we'll we'll get to that. And we haven't watched the press conference. So if there's something that was mentioned that you want to reference in here, chat, let us know. Um, I was going to ask somebody a question. I was going to ask Arjun a question. I saw something in here, but I've lost it completely. Um, why is it so bad? Um, just going to your point, Alex, about why is it so bad in the investment from the DBs? I don't know, man. I don't, I really don't know why it is this bad because it is generally the same group, which is funny because then the run defense is better with generally the same group. So what happens? Um, part of it is obviously the play of the linebackers, not having Drew Tranquil. Sure. That's part of the pass coverage issues, but then you look at the corners and the DBs and why is it so bad? I don't know. And it really feels like since week two with the press conference or the, not the press conference, but the locker room interview with like Michael Davis, where he's saying, Hey, we're getting mixed in and out, in and out. And we can't get into a rhythm. It really feels like these DBs every week after a loss are answering questions where they say something yeah. like, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Don't know what the plan is. It doesn't work for me. I, we're making, we're trying to fix mistakes and it's not working. We go back to the same mistakes so there, there's a disconnect either between the way they're playing the DBs, and there obviously has to be, and there's also a disconnect between how they should be teaching versus the way that they are teaching these DBs and trying to correct these mistakes. You know, we hear all these buzzwords about, you know, time on task and grit and working harder and studying more. And like, as someone who's a teacher, the bottom ways to get a kid to do better, a student to do better, is to just tell them work harder and you know you'll just tough it out you'll figure it out we just work at it more that's that's not what you do you have to find different ways to actually help these guys learn if that's the issue but it's just you sure it's not the greatest group of dbs clearly at this point but the scheme is also not working but the teaching's not working whole disaster and I, I can't imagine ronaldo hill was the glue that kept everything together it seemed like if anything he was like the part of the issue last year but uh they're worse now so maybe i uh spoke too soon on ronaldo hill it's so, uh, uh it's I, I, do, I do have some press conference quotes um, okay apparently brandon staley did say uh, i'm not here to talk to the fan base when asked about play calling and then apparently um said that he will retain play calling duties uh after popper asked him about it again what was the question i'm not here to talk to the fan base uh, the question was about whether he thinks he should retain play calling or not. So I guess Popper asked him about it again. And he mentioned the fans? Uh, they Somebody asked about the fan base confidence in his play calling. Oh. Yeah. And so okay. then he said that, apparently, from what I'm reading. All right. <laughs> sure. Um, but no, to, to Tyler's point, you know, in terms of the defense, the, the thing that I remember is the Kansas City game, too, um, because, uh, you know, you had Michael Davis and Derwin James immediately in the locker room after the game being like, yeah, we were playing zone, you know, and like Staley seemingly in that press conference con uh, kind of contradicting them as well. So, uh, you know, there's just this disconnect, like Tyler was saying. So I'm trying to respond to somebody. Um are they are we able to find out what the playoff odds for the chargers are should they lose and they will lose next week i'm just curious because you know i you know, you know mathematical odds of being uh -huh. eliminated are important 
I uh, I stopped paying yeah. for the New York Times like three weeks ago, so I don't. I, <laughs> I don't have I, that I can use, on me. I can use uh, Sumer, our friends at Sumer Sports, like their there we go. simulations. Yeah. So, so what is it now? With the loss, yeah, with a loss this week, they're now sitting at 17% mm-hmm. uh, to make the playoffs. I'm not sure what that is. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that is like after today, like looking forward to next week. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if specifically if this is factoring in Joe Burrow's injury. Um, yeah. Oh. But technically, yeah, considering the Burrow injury and the fact that this was an NFC loss, it's probably not that bad for them relative to what their playoff percentage was before, which was already around like 20, 23 percent. So, yeah, but an AFC loss next week would obviously be really big. Yeah. And for the chat, I'm not asking because I believe the Chargers are making the postseason. I said this team was cooked after like week four or whatever. Yeah. I'm asking how close are we getting to being mathematically eliminated is what I'm trying to figure out. Um, Because I I think it's over, but I want to know basically when and does a Ravens loss next week, you know, get you to like the 0.5% in here. Um, All right. I don't really have any other positive direction to take this. So let's go with one more thing, which is, you know, I said in my tweet, it is not the reason that they lost literally, but Quentin Johnson has not been it. And it was an issue beforehand of, you know, being wide receiver for fine, getting used to the offense, fine. Then not like we were like, hey, you should actually target this guy more. Okay. Last week against the Lions, it felt like he was close to a couple, but like, okay, a lot of defensive pass interference. This game, and in particular that play, and I got to have a situation drop. Now, is it easy to make that particular catch? Not necessarily. It's going diagonally over your head, trying to catch it here. Very difficult. I get that. But you can't, you don't have grace. You don't have wiggle room, A, in moments like that, and then B, in an entire season where you haven't really contributed all that much. Um, It's been disappointing, and this feels like, I, I don't know when it gets any better, and I don't think it gets any better. At this point, everybody else that's involved seems to get it more right now than Quentin Johnston. And so I think this season is is hopefully at least a good learning experience because right now it's been really bad. Yeah, no, um, it's been really bad as the resident uh, QJ truther. Um, I uh, no, I'm really dismayed by how this he's played. Um, Arjun's put out, you know, metrics week after week and plenty of analytics. People have it, too, that, you know, not creating enough separation. Um which is something with Mike Williams and Josh Palmer out that you like, you just have to do. Um, and then drops, which have been coming in issue the last two weeks in particular. Um, I, I don't even know what to make. Like, yeah, it was a hard catch to make, but no, you, you just have to come down with that one. And um, I, I just, I guess I've wavered off, you know, how difficult it looks for him to create easy offense. And I'm not just including like, Zay and Addison in this discussion of, of that necessarily, but it just feels like other wide receivers, even on this team, like here's Alex Erickson digging into his Keenan Allen bag and like, you know, picking up a first down, right? Like there's just moments like that too, where it feels like when you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback, um, it should just be a lot easier for you to manufacture your own offense than it is. Um, and you saw guys like even Parham cook today, right? You saw uh, Stone Smart get a touchdown off of a you know broken play. Not saying that like you know QJ couldn't have had that too because he might have been wide open for a touchdown on that one as well. But 
when you get the opportunities, you just have to convert. And if you're dropping it and making those contact drops, which is something Steven mentioned before the draft and I downplayed, like I, I didn't think it would be this bad in the pros. Um, and so for him to drop that one at the end, you just have to come down with it. Um, there, there's no excuse for that one. So, you know, you can point to the Mike Williams rookie year or two where, you know, he uh, came back in his second season and, and kind of had a mini breakdown himself in 2018. So I'm far from the point of calling QJ uh, a bust or anything like that. I think that that's, you know, premature after this game. Um, but certainly it's just, it hasn't been the impact that they've wanted. And because he's not your wide receiver four and he's your wide receiver two, unlike you thought before the season, it's the impact that you need right now, uh, on offense in particular. So really stinks that he has not produced at the level that they have needed. Uh, not creating separation, dropping balls. Um, really when he's not getting pass interference calls, like it just, it, it doesn't look that natural. And that is kind of the way to put it. It just doesn't look natural. And I wasn't, you know, high on the Quentin Johnston train, but it felt this is the worst case scenario practically so far outside of, you know, thankful he's avoided injury. That is the truly worst case scenario. But the way that this has played out has been basically worst case scenario. You know, for we try to project players. Yeah, Quentin Johnston was always about go for the ceiling, go for the ceiling. But I mean, the, the floor is as far down to the floor as you could possibly get it. It's in the basement. Uh, rough right now. And Thule is doing a lot for this class. And on a side note, where has Darius Davis gone with this offense? I'm not saying that he needs to have five touches per game, but I feel like that was something they leaned into that has kind of gone away. And I don't really know why, because it's not like they've needed him to play running back more. They just kind of eliminated him from the offense overall, I kind of feel like. Sweet, good talk. All right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to listen to the Staley presser, so there wasn't something yeah, like some, I butchered some, as a quote. Yeah, someone uh, put out a Brandon Staley meltdown video. Apparently, yeah, I'm you watching know, it. Uh, the, the, I'm third. I'm 30 seconds into his press conference, and he just said the run defense did really good today. So he's not incorrect. Well, if, he, if, if he's not counting the Jaden Reed, you know trickery then yeah i guess but i think honestly the, the thing that pissed me off most about the qj drop was like that was such a like op, that was like an opposite hash he was rolling left throwing back mm-hmm. towards the right sideline and still put it on the money and we've seen we've seen mike make that catch so many times and it, it's just it's just depressing man it's like and that, that's the thing like i don't want I, I hate writing off rookies right away but i feel like receivers have one of the easiest or like the least transition time from college to the NFL. Like, I feel like we know if a receiver is good, right? Especially these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're taking one in the first round. Like I can understand if you took, you know, like Puka Nakua or, you know, some other day three guy that eventually develops, but that's not the case here. You took a first round guy in a all, all in season in a win now season for the whole regime. And he turns out to not be able to contribute year one. He says he's wide receiver three after training camp ends up being <laughs> wide receiver four. <laughs> can't, he can't produce when he's wide receiver two. And he, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's just not a good look. You, and I mean, yeah, it's like obviously in hindsight, like maybe should, they should have taken Addison, Blitnikoff, or they should have taken Zay, who added more juice than any receiver in this draft. But again, the the whole size, the archetypes thing, it all played out in the end and it didn't 
it's not it's just not working it's just not working i don't know what else we can say about qj yeah um so i just wanted to say the quote from the press conference regarding uh so daniel popper had asked about play calling uh and then he said he has full confidence in his players and himself as a play caller uh and then directly said you can stop asking that question we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. I mean, I got to field emails if a student fails, you know, I, I gotta, you gotta, you gotta own up to it. You know, no, you can't stop asking that question. You can't say that there's nothing wrong with the play calling and we believe in the play calling and then let Jordan love rip you apart for 320 something yards, probably what? 350 total with the rushing. Oh, never mind. He had no rushing yards, but the Packers just put up, let's go to team stats here just for this one. 397 total yards felt like more um, i guess more if you count the penalties you can stop asking that question uh, okay i guess <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean sure the answer is not going to change so there's no point in asking the question technically but you do need to ask the question because it's not working you can't sit there and say we're not going to change and let jordan love shred you by the way lamar jackson is next and they look just fine. And Zay Flowers looks just fine. Um, thankfully, you get Mac Jones to beat up the next week. Um, but are, I, you sure I mean, you're gonna be, are, are we sure he's going to beat him up? <laughs> Mac Jones, like, so, I know I'm he's not, not streaming a, if they do, man. He, he's, he's somewhat competent. I'll say uh, that. He's not incompetent. He's somewhat competent. So I, I I'm, I'm just thinking of, I've just, I've thought about this the whole week and I, I'm still thinking about it. Like, Odell is going to turn into like 2014 Odell. <laughs> It's it's gonna be bad. Um, the the yak, ev like everything. I don't. He just had his first hundred yard game since the NFC Championship. That and Zay, you know, people were talking about like missing Mark Andrews. I'm like against this defense. I don't know if you need Mark Andrews. Like it's I don't know. Okay, well, let's take some super chat questions here because I do see them coming in. 
um, from our military guy and make the transition. Well, at least we got a good draft spot, I guess. I mean, which which DB is it? A couple of people have asked sort of something related to this. I think it's DB, but then what if... I don't know, man. <laughs> you don't take centers in the first round. I don't know what the center class looks like, but that's an issue, obviously. You could argue right tackle is technically an issue. Any corner, any safety. Uh, let's see what they do financially. In theory, you could take another wide receiver, although God help us. Edge. Um, edge. edge. I was kind of 50-50 on that one. Obviously, they have the two that they have. Yeah, they will have. I think it's it seems very much likely that if this is a season ender for Joey, this is it. But probably, yeah, I yeah. would think so. I mean, uh, I just sorry. I can't watch this defense and think that you don't go corner again. I don't know anything about the draft prospects. I haven't watched college right. football, so like, but I I just think Michael Davis is going to be gone presumably next year. He's a free agent. Asante has one year left. He'll need to be extended um, or go into an expiring contract year next we, season. We, we do Arch, not need to talk about Arch, extensions. Yeah, Arch is shaking his head, and, and rightfully so, I think, after this game and you know his tackling this season. And the J.C. Jackson thing obviously blew up in their face. So, I mean, like to me, if I'm the GM, again, I don't know any of the players, but like I just don't, I don't see how you don't go corner. Um, and they've been to a billion Penn State games, um, apparently. So, like, to me, if you're looking for some first-round pick next year, like, that, that the secondary just has to improve. If, you, if you're running it back with, you know, Derwin presumably being back with like, Alohi getting re-signed, like, the thing that needs to change in the secondary is just obviously the corners. Yeah, and I'm, I'm generally fine with an overhaul. Don't need to go get the most expensive guy, but need guys you can play. I'm, I'm thinking... Uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, for my mom, awful loss, but thanks, Gag, for the prize picks. So happy you could win again, mom. I'm so happy for you, at least, that somebody wins today. Um, Ooh, I went three and zero in my picks this week, and I hate myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only good of it is that you, uh, yeah, you took one more spot ahead of me in our in our pick 'em because you picked oh, the well. Packers, and I thought you guys were idiots. I'm like, oh, Packers? No way. Like, next week, sure, buddy. You guys you guys kept doing that. And the only one me and Arjun were wrong on was the Jets one, I think. Well, actually, Arjun, <laughs> Arjun did pick the Bears. But aside yeah, from Arjun that, <laughs> yeah. but like the Packers one, like, I just had a feeling. I don't know. Yeah. I had the Chargers winning by one, but I, I, I certainly didn't think that this would happen. Um, From Rich E, playing 10 yards off on third and one is infuriating me. There's no way State looks at this happening. And is okay with it when I can sit here at my home and see what's coming. I just want to see an adjustment, but coach believes in how we play. Yeah, I don't get that one, man. And the strange thing is that these corners don't tackle well. This is not the thing that they do well. They don't rally, they don't click and close, they don't tackle well. So I I, I don't I have no answer for you. I really don't. And I wanna we need to we need to train our scouts from the Steve Spagnuolo school of evaluating defensive backs find dbs <laughs> that can tackle first and foremost and then just build your defense from there because that is yeah. a fun defense to watch especially with how all their dbs tackle and then i watched asante samuel run straight into a blocker when chasing Jaden and reed across that was bad yeah that was exemplified today i i sort of feel bad because zant had some great moments in coverage today but the two plays one to read and then one on that screen the wide receiver screen like controller broken i mean it was really bad i understand if you 
get there and miss the tackle, but it was a flat out five yards the wrong direction. I mean, it was really bad. Uh, from Kyle Loomis, why does the defense refuse to make any plays on third down? They gave Green Bay so many chances to stay in this game. Just frustrating to watch. Are they in a position to? I don't know. You play that far off, what are you supposed to do? You're going to lose on the speed mm. out every time. I mean, like, they also just, they don't have the corners to, like, play that far off either, right? Um, you know, in terms of cornerbacks that are, like, are able to stay with receivers like that. Um, so, like, they're obviously not being put in positions to succeed. And the way that, like, I keep thinking about it is I read um, the athletic piece from, you know, the year Staley was hired in 2021. This was from uh, Robert Mays. And he was basically writing about like how offenses would presumably like punch back on the Staley defense, right? Like, what are they going to do with those two man high looks? And like, you know, Staley has kind of taken the that approach to like the nth degree to somewhat, but it's just been like, okay, I'm going to throw the five ball <laughs> ball five yards, yak. No one is around. Everybody's playing deep, and then like you rinse and repeat, you know, through the Lions game, this game. Uh, really every game this season. And I, I, I think the issues have been magnified to some extent because after week two in the Titans game, when Staley, you know, ever since then has committed to like his scheme to the nth degree, like I said, and, you know, he they had those miscommunications in the Titans game, you know, where Traylon Burks and Chris Moore like got behind the defense. And then ever since then, like they've been trepidatious about playing press man coverage, you know, after halftime, they're up, you know, however many on the Bears, uh, and Staley says at halftime, you know, we have to keep continuing to have the roof on the defense and keep preventing the big plays. Right. So I think that they're, you know, since the Dolphins game, since the Titans game where they had these breakdowns in coverage, you know, some of which stemmed from playing press man and, and leaving the middle of the field open. Like, I just think he's gone the total opposite direction. And now, like his scheme is just it's easy to beat now, like Ben Johnson and Matt LaFleur, two elite play callers in this league are going to take it every time, you know, if they have the yak and, um, you know, the players to, you know, uh, execute on that. And then Laporta and Amon Ra last week. And then, you know, guys like uh, guys like Reed and Wicks this week, you know, um, and, and Dobbs could have had a big, you know, completion too. He gets the touchdown um, at the end there, but he could have had one on Michael Davis uh, if it weren't for Jordan Love kind of putting too much air under that ball. So it's just like, mm -hmm. um, you know, the third down defenses we talked about, but like, the Staley scheme has, I think, regressed in terms of the amount of people, like the amount of coordinators who are just willing to take the short stuff and like basically like try to dare him to make play with like more press coverage and more man, which outside of the second half of the Chiefs game, he hasn't seemed to want to do. Um, and then there's the aspect of player execution. But I just think since 2021, like we've seen this kind of regress each year partially because more OCs are like waking up to what they have to do. So I, I think there's a legitimate question of like, when is kind of Staley going to bounce back and adapt, you know, to, to that counter punch. And I, right now I just don't, I don't see it happening. And certainly with the personnel that they have right now, it's just not happening too many coverage breakdowns, as we've said a million times, but like, that's just what I see with this third down and, and this defense. I've, as I kind of like analyze what is actually wrong with it this week, I think that they're in a leadership like paralysis about what to actually do now that the league has kind of figured it out. Mm -hmm. Someone asked in the chat, Arjun, I don't know if you have any numbers related to this, but is the Fangio scheme cooked? Is this, 
Or is this more that the offenses have started to find the the counter? Well, Vic Fangio's defense has allowed like less than 20, like 17 and less points ever since Jalen Ramsey's come back. Okay. So I wouldn't, you know, maybe it's just the the Fangio, the, the schemes that have, the, the Fangio schemes that don't have Fangio or good mm-hmm. Fangio uh, play callers are, are cooked. Um, I, I think I think it's the Fangio scheme in addition to the fact that like since the Miami and Titans game this season that Staley has like taken that Fangio scheme again to like the nth degree like he you know it's it's dropping everybody back on third down playing so much more off coverage and I, I'd be curious to yeah. see like what the splits are between that and the Fangio defense in Miami mm-hmm. um in terms of like how they execute in those situational you know moments yeah but I you know uh, I think that Staley, certainly compared to even 2021 Staley, when he didn't have the defensive talent, um, that's where the main area of regression has been as a kind of decision maker down to down. Yeah. Let me get through yeah. a couple more of these super chats to make sure we, we get to them. Uh, we love Angry Herbert. Yes, we do. Let's talk about mock drafts. Great pot as always, gents. Yeah. Angry Herbert was fun. That's great. Uh, my dad, great. My mom won prize picks. So did my dad. Good for you <laughs> What guys. draft pick do they actually have now? a great question probably like seven or eight i would say mm-hmm. are they really they're 14th in the afc so they're definitely top 10. <laughs> we're doing uh a... oh, actually they're probably like five or six at this point if they're 14th in the afc hey man that's great tankathon.net let me see what is cooking if you're at the press conference what's your one question to staley mine would be what are you what supports are you giving to help your defensive backs understand their assignments and what is your criteria for understanding and showing evidence of your DBs actually learning what you're supposed to be teaching. So not what, so both what are you doing to help them and how do you, I guess, prove that what you're doing is actually helping. How do you evaluate whether your techniques, your strategies are successful or not? The chargers uh, currently have the uh, 11th pick. The Packers actually have the tenth pick because of strength of schedule. Okay, well, Are you sure. Uh, I swear I saw something that said the Chargers yeah. are fourteenth like in the AFC right now. They're uh, they might be fourteenth in the AFC, but there's a lot of NFC teams I'm seeing here. <laughs> hmm. uh, Tennessee is three and seven. Oh, you, New England, no, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they are. <laughs> And then Green Bay, Atlanta, Washington, Rams, Giants, Chicago, Carolina. So, yeah, a bunch of NFC teams. Just the so, dude yeah, wants to ask uh, if Staley would be calling plays on defense going forward just to, to piss him off. More. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would ask him the question again. Yeah. I'll do my question because I got to take off. Yeah, um, no problem. It, it's, it's, it's the question I've, I've asked since Staley's taken over. What is it about what is going wrong with your defense that – this defense is built to stop explosive plays, but you allow explosive plays at one of the highest rates, both running and passing the ball. What is mm-hmm. going wrong? Is it play calling? Is it player execution? Is it, you know, just luck? Like, what what do you think is the problem for why nothing about what your scheme is built to do is working? So that's what I would yeah. do. All right. All right. Take care, guys. Hope you, hope, yep. uh, you guys' mood is better than mine after today. <laughs> Not much better. It's All about right, the same. Uh, question that I would ask Staley. Why are players not being put in positions to win? Um, 
And like, that sounds like a basic yeah. question, but kind mm -hmm. of what I mean by that is when you think about like, you know, I remember Staley's introductory press conference and he had this, you know, kind of whole bit about like throwing multiple defensive groupings out there and like using specifically like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, like all of these pieces that like he kind of came in with as like weapons on your defense, right? So to speak, um, it's sort of in the way that he used Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey uh, on third down, right? When he, and during his time with the Rams. And so I would just ask like, you know, why is somebody like Derwin's role kind of changing like on a week to week basis, right. Outside of like injury responsibilities in the secondary room. Um, and why is there just not this like balance with the defense in terms of like putting, again, putting your players in position to make plays like that is, is kind of the main thing. And yeah, as bad as Michael Davis and ASJ, like I think have been this year, like I think that their performance has been magnified by the fact that they're being put in the positions that they are, you know, in coverage. No, it's a great question. It's the question that we've had since I think week two. Could argue week one, but okay, maybe you're you know feeling things out. Maybe things are different. JC's coming back from his health, but then yeah, worse and worse and worse every week. You really keep asking what, why aren't they being put in a position to succeed? Why isn't Michael Davis allowed to do the Michael Davis things, Derwin to do the Derwin things? I don't know if it'll be any better, but it also can't get much worse. But you go out and say that we're not going to change anything, and it's so strange because they they talk about how much they're not going to change, but they continue to rotate through different DB rotations mm. and assignments and how far off you're playing. I mean, it must be frustrating for them. They're trying to yeah. learn like three different defenses throughout the year, and it's gotten progressively worse. And mm -hmm. every single game they lose, the DBs come out at the press conference or interviews and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not put in the best position to succeed. We're not fixing our mistakes. I don't get it. But here we go. I mean, here we are, 322 yards to Jordan Love, and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. And now you have less of a pass rush without Joey. So, yeah, um, I was just going to respond to someone, something someone said in the chat. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, like they just have not had the right intensity on defense, right execution on defense either. And I, again, like, I just don't know what you change. And I, I think what I wanted to get to actually was Jason was on the show yesterday mm -hmm. and he sort of talked about like execution from a player and coach level. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like, as you're saying, they've learned all these defenses and different responsibilities throughout the year. Like at some point you just have to like not make it this complex, right? Like there is something about the fact that like when it's Dean Marlowe and, you know, you know, when his first game out here that, you know, the secondary looked a little better than it did. I think it was just because, you know, they did simplify the defense like a little bit. Um, people talk about like, oh, why is it better when Derwin's off the field? That's not really the issue, right? Like, I think it's better when they like don't have as much stuff to worry about, right? When everybody was out in the Miami game last year and, um, you know, they just had to kind of simplify it on on the defensive end of the ball it was one of their best defensive performances mm -hmm. sort of a similar shorthanded performance against san francisco last year right yeah um and you know at some point you have to talk about kind of the complexity of this defense when there's continuous missed assignments continuous situations where like a receiver is you know catches a screen and like no one's within 30 yards of him right like 
there's just all these, you know, breakdowns and moments. So, you know, like if I had a question to Staley, it would just be, again, why are these players not being put in positions to succeed? And then on top of that, like what actually like needs to change in the execution and why is it kind of better when it is more simple? All right. That, that I yeah. think is the thing for me. Yeah. And I see everyone else's questions here to Staley. It's all frustrating, man. It is really frustrating. And this, this, it's year three, you know, these guys have either been in this system for two to three years or they're guys that should get it as veterans. And it's just frustrating week after week. Uh, let's keep moving through these super chats because there are a lot of them. And I really appreciate you guys doing this. Um, have you guys read, heard about, sorry, from Brian. Have you heard about the 2020 Staley defense and the quarterbacks he played that year? All makes sense three years later. I don't recall then as much, but mm -hmm. I do remember like, 2021 oh sorry 2020 Staley defense oh the 2020 Staley Rams, defense. Excuse me. Rams yeah. yeah 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 sorry um no but I, this is kind of my point from last year and, and yeah. then this year was yeah okay you can beat up on Nick Foles and the Colts where Eckler openly laughed the following week that he was going to be starting again that's Nick Foles and the Colts Baker Mayfield and the Rams after two weeks or whatever it was you know you can beat up Tyson Bajan you can beat up Zach Wilson with no line like it's not even fool's gold at this point, I think, for this oh. defense. It's just you, you, if you believe in them, and this, at least the pass coverage, I should say, I think the front seven has been better. But if you believe in this pass coverage to, to be what it was in those games where, you know, the, maybe the, the Miami game was an outlier, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, shame on you at this point for believing in them. Right. Um, yeah. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. <laughs> and three, four, or five times. <laughs> shame on you. Yeah. You're just a Chargers fan. Um, yeah, so the Staley 2020 defense thing, I don't really remember the quarterbacks they played in the regular season, but I do remember um, in the art, article I'm talking about from the Athletic, Kevin Stefanski talked about like the need to just counterpunch on the Staley defense and like figure out the things that you know they don't do well, which I, I sort of mentioned earlier. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, like in that game uh, in the Packers playoff game against the Rams last year, right? They kind of got the offense cooking by like just throwing like little four or five yard passes at a time and then allowing like the run game to do its thing. And they ended up having like 200 yards on the ground that game. Uh, and then, you know, kind of drew the defense in and then, you know, a, a big chunk play happened. But in this, in this case with the state defense, they're not even, you know, getting drawn in on defense. They're deciding to play more off as a result to prevent those like explosive chunk plays. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, um, I wouldn't go as far as to say like the Staley 2020 defense with the Rams was fool's gold just because we have seen so many teams since attempt to replicate it. Mm -hmm. And Fangio's obviously back himself. So like there is something yeah. to that scheme. But I do think, you know, in an NFL where big plays are down, offense is down, explosive plays are down, I think you are seeing downside to trying to prevent the deep ball all the time. Like that, mm -hmm. that is, I think, what you're seeing here. Yeah, uh, keep moving through from Jexy. How would each of you split the percentage of blame for the bad season between Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley, and the players for this year? I don't know how I would assign it individually, but I will say that I feel pretty strongly that the majority of the blame does fall on, on Brandon Staley. Um, one, because of the entire defense, and two, because mm. all that capital and all those moves yeah. are very much so decided and driven by him. Yeah. So, and Telesco at this point is just, is the guy who does the things to make it happen. 
Right. But Staley pretty clearly, at least in terms of the defense, which is by far the worst unit this year, he's the one calling the shots. Yeah. I mean, Tom Telesco, you know, and then, you know, people will talk about like draft picks and stuff like that. Sign like he's absolutely also culpable in like the signings that haven't worked mm-hmm. out in terms of JC Jackson and like trades that they've made, signings, whatever. Um, but like all of these moves are Staley, right? Like, and this is what I said at the beginning of the year, like they would not have traded for Khalil Mack and, you know, uh, signed JC Jackson for the contract they did, you know, <laughs> brought in guys like Trey Marshall and Eric Banks off of the waiver wire, brought in Bryce Callahan, like all Rollins. of these moves in 20, in 2021, 2022 to now, like they were all Staley influenced, right? Like they would not have happened if Anthony Lynn or somebody else was the head coach. And so that is why from a personnel standpoint, yeah, you could go players and Tom Telesco is a bigger part of like that, you know, pie chart of blame. But I do think that Staley, you know, has had considerably more power over the roster than any Chargers coach under the Telesco tenure, mm-hmm. uh, including McCoy, including Lynn. Um, you know, he's gotten the chance to kind of have a, you know, blank slate on defense to work off of outside of, you know, Derwin and, and Bosa and really Kenneth Murray were the guys, Michael Davis also, I guess, who were, you know, here. Um, but ever since then, he's gotten everything he's wanted on defense and it still hasn't come together. Um, you know, and ultimately Brandon Staley was brought here to fix the defense. You know, I know there's the quote about like, oh, I can get Justin Herbert to play the right way. Justin Herbert was fine before Brandon Staley. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think he'll be okay regardless of what happens. But, um, you know, he was brought here to fix the defense and it's not fixed. And it's it's embarrassing, you know, mm-hmm. 400 plus yards every single game. Um and when you hire a guy to be your defensive coordinator to like figure it out, like I'm going 65, 70% of the blame pie for this one. Um, and then I think you could say like Tom Telesco and uh, the players split the other 30%, whatever, you, you know, you know, whatever numbers you want to come up with. But yeah, I do think it's largely Staley still being in charge of defensive play calling, really having a stranglehold on personnel more than any other Chargers coach in recent memory. Uh, and, you know, kind of just seemingly, you know, having the worst defensive performance that he's had in any of his three years here. And they've been, you know, outside of 2022, when I think they were 20th in defense plus special teams, EPA per play, as Popper posted this week, they are were 29th in his first year and they're, you know, 30 to 32nd, somewhere in between that range this year. <sighs> So, yeah, to me, you hired a defensive guy. He got everything he wanted. Um, and uh, it's 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 his pie to mostly eat. Yeah. Uh, moving through these guys again, we'll, we'll get to the other questions from the live chat. And thank you guys again for this. Um, from Ryan Culpepper, we once, saw, we once again saw a bad canine in coverage. What is Henley's – why is Henley's snap count? Zero again. I mean, it's 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 a two linebacker issue right now, mm-hmm. and so really, if you know Henley's not going to be the green dot guy, so unless they go ahead and try to assign that to one of the DBs, which sounds like an awful thing to do to them right now, K nine will be on the field, and and really the conversation should be more about Kendricks, if unless Kendricks is the green dot guy, which he has not been, so they're not taking Kendricks off the field, they're not taking him off the field, they're not taking Murray off the field, so you know Henley. It's kind of at the expense of one thing. I think Henley, even in the preseason, struggled against the run. 
Mm -hmm. Things run at him wasn't as great in coverage, way better. I think it's just whatever the Chargers, you know, the, their emphasis was run defense. They are better with K9 and, and Kendricks out there in terms of run defense. But yes, I do believe Henley. I don't know if at some point, because how do you, who do you take off the field if you're the Chargers? I mean, we know, but like if you're the Chargers, who are you mm -hmm. taking off? The answer is neither of them. They're going to stick with them. Yeah. And, and like, I think they were pretty upfront about what Dion would be coming into this season. Like they said, when he was drafted, you know, Ficken came out and was like, yeah, he's a special teams guy for us. Now, whether he should just be a special teams guy is one thing, but he also came into the NFL like pretty light as a converted, you know, safety, like for his size. Um, and so like, I don't disagree with their approach in terms of like just letting him play special teams this year. Right. Um, and, you know, he's he's been needed in that in area as well. And he's actually made a number of good special teams plays, as um, Daniel Popper uh, showed in his like film review of the Jets game. Um, it, it's really just that they banked the season on Murray and Kendricks and Kendricks has fallen off, you know, in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, what his status is around the league. And, you know, this was the it year for Murray. Right. In the last year of his deal, as they turned down the fifth year option. And, um, you know, I, I think in fairness to Murray, he has been good in, you know, just solely seeking out the run game, right? And just uh, being a guy who can, you know, go downhill and like, you know, stop the run, essentially like a, a point and shoot linebacker in that regard. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the Chargers spent the first round pick on, right? No. At the end of the day, uh, in, in terms of Kenneth Murray's performance. So, um you know, I to me, it's less of a Henley issue and more that they bet on these two linebackers to, you know, fix the second level. Uh, and it just it didn't work. No, it has not. Um, I accidentally call this an optimistic question. Cameron, you sent uh, two questions, one earlier that I told you to send a different one. Cameron, if you want me to Venmo you the five bucks back, I absolutely will. But for the one here that I'm going to read, um, can you give us your most optimistic outcome, then most realistic outcome? Then worst outcome record-wise the rest of the season. So I can't do the math. Let me right pull now. up their schedule. Yeah, yeah. I, I brought up the schedule while you were talking. So okay. just for the chat and anybody listening, they have obviously Baltimore next. So that's a mm -hmm. loss. Then they have to exercise a demon and go win in New England, which they do not do. Then they play Denver, and I have no idea how that's going to go. Then at Vegas, where they've lost both of the last two times. Uh, one to Rich Passaccia and Derek Carr in them, and then one to uh, Derek Carr again, but with Josh McDaniels. Then they got to play Buffalo, which sounds like a disaster. Uh, then they're going to go at Denver, where they have not won a meaningful game since 2013. Don't count the 2018 game, in my opinion, because they were already in the playoffs and they could pull starters by the fourth quarter. And then they got to play Kansas City. Um, most optimistic is they win in New England. They beat Denver at home, and then they beat Vegas. I think three wins the rest of the way is the most optimistic I can get. Most optimistic I would get, like if you just if you put me in like the, um, what is it, uh, Clockwork Orange, where he's like strapped to the chair <laughs> and like yeah. he's forced to like delete you know everything from his memory. Like if in that yeah. situation, uh, yeah, eight wins. Why not? Um, sure. <laughs> That's about the ceiling, like yeah. at, at this point. Um, 
it's gonna be funny when like Josh Allen, you know, has had this season like from hell, and the Bills fired their offensive coordinator and everything, and he's gonna somehow pop off for like four touchdowns and four hundred yards that game, uh, yeah. and just have like this resurgent performance uh, exclusively to Peacock. Um, <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like, I if if you really like you, you just get like a couple generational like Herbert games like we've gotten this season. Yeah, I think you can get. Th- three or four wins out of their remaining schedule. So that's like on the high end. Mm-hmm. Um, on the lower end, like, yeah, it's easy to see them losing a lot of these like 50-50 games too. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to see them losing to the Ravens going yep. against Lamar Odell and Zay. Um, that doesn't seem like it's going to end well. That's a loss. Patriots, again, trusting them to win on the road in Foxborough, which they don't in do. December. Broncos pick them i guess and then raiders pick them i guess bills i don't think they beat the bills and then winning at mile high has been this team's kryptonite forever so it's like on the lower end of that like i think like one to two wins is like legit possible um the rest of the way which stinks to say so i don't know like that's kind of my i would say like low ceiling six and eleven high eight and nine yeah i there's really there's nothing like you lose to green bay denver's better than green bay i think although green bay has been clicking but i mean you know we just we have to be honest about like who this team's beaten too yeah like and i know you only play who's on your schedule and like all that but their wins are zach wilson jets tyson badge and bears aiden o'connell raiders and (laughs) uh vikings with Kirk Cousins, like the Vikings is probably their best win, mm-hmm. and it was two months ago. Um, yeah. so uh, at a certain point, like, yeah, we just we have to be honest about like what this team's ceiling is, and whenever they've gone against a good quarterback, really any offense, and turned Jordan Love into the you know second coming of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers today, yeah, it hasn't looked good. Um, and so no. I, I don't know, I'm I'm losing a lot of the optimism I had. So, someone asked last week to me and Arjun about are the charge can the Chargers still make the playoffs? And I was, you know, even then I was like, but then after today, uh, I don't know. No, you're doomed. You're doomed the rest of the way, and unless Herbert goes nuclear, and unfortunately, the the line, it's not like this team is winning or losing. I should say 35-38 every week. So at least, at least, at least, like the offense is something that will always be there. Uh, now Herbert is not the reason they only put up twenty today, but yeah, I just it's over, man. You know, people are asking, should we look ahead to the draft? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and do it. You know, I've sort of felt that way, but they've never been mathematically eliminated. But after today, man, after one of the worst losses, embarrassing losses I can remember, um, given what it looked like today on the field and how. It just feels worse too because you just knew what they were going to do to lose, like why they would lose. You know, a couple of additional things here and there, like an Eckler slip. But you know, we kind of figured third and twenty. Yeah, we know it's going to happen. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's rough. Let's go one more. Uh, how badly from Trevor? How badly do you think Staley wants to punch Popper? Yeah, I don't think Staley will punch Popper, but he's certainly getting frustrated with him specifically. But it's it's part of Daniel's job. Daniel Popper, mm-hmm. I respect him for going up there and saying, hey, you know, and it's not like he's saying you're a terrible play caller 
Mm. Why do you still have a job? He's just asking, is anything going to change this week? Is anything going to change this week? Will anything change this week? And he keeps saying no. And lo and behold, nothing changes on defense. Yeah, I mean, and, and like not to mention, you know, Daniel Popper, like as far as like team reporters like are concerned, he's one of the best people like in the business. Um, and there, there are football markets out there that would be much harsher on Staley than the media that he has gotten, you know, in Los Angeles and around the Chargers. Like, say this is someone from Philadelphia. If Staley was in Philadelphia, <laughs> he would, you know, he would get, you know, the most pressure he's ever gotten in his life, right? So, like, there's that aspect of it, too, where, like, I really don't think the media people are being even a slight degree of unreasonable popper. Like after today's game against the Packers and after the 41 points against the Lions last week, yeah, you have to ask him, is anything going to change on defense? Are you still going to call the plays? Yeah. Um, no, Daniel Popper, he's he's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, pro tip for Brandon Steele, you have to be able to handle these moments. It is yeah. very frustrating. It is very emotional. I get that, but it's now becoming a regular thing where we look for you to make these awkward statements or these not harsh state, you know, be, be flustered by the questioning. And so now fans are looking for that and it just adds more fuel. You know, if you want to have this aura of, you know, we're, we're going to work together. We're going to mm -hmm. stay where we are. We're going to keep things on track. You know, you can say that, but then you can't look this flustered either. You can't put on this mm -hmm. front of all's good. And then you're emotionally unhinged in some of these press conferences. So um, you know, you, you are you are who you are when the chips are on the table. Like that's mm -hmm. the thing. You know, it's it's not like we didn't give Brandon Staley credit for his media moments in 2021, right? Totally. You know, when he was at the press mm -hmm. conference too. So when you when you face adversity, like that's when people find out, you know, who you are, not necessarily as a person, but in how you're going to respond uh, to media questioning and hard questions. So like mm -hmm. again, this is part of his job as well. Um, you know, so uh, it's part of every coach's job to to go out there and answer to the media, and the NFL mandates yeah. it. So, yep. um, at that point, like I just think if you're, if you're Staley, a have to handle it better than he seemingly did today. Although I watched a minute of that six minute press conference, um, so I you know I haven't watched the whole thing, but um, I, I don't know. I, I wish that you know, I, I wish that he did answer it better. But at the same time, like in terms of what the expectations should be, um, I, like he, again, compared to other markets, he has gotten as off as easy as maybe any coach. And and I think it would have been harder uh, in other places um, in terms of responding to the media. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you, you ended last season like you ended last season and you had all off season two men for that mistake of that final game and then the week 18 game where guys got hurt and you didn't need them out there so yeah man frustrating day for sure i i figured the packers are better than most were given credit for i didn't think the chargers would lose this one but the chargers lost and this season is essentially over it is not mathematically over but i appreciate the ravens ahead of time for putting that final nail in the coffin for us and if not them then two and seven or whatever they are two and eight patriots will do that for us too so yeah frustrating day um alex thank you for joining me on this one wish it were a wish it were a win 
Wish it were I, I, I got to return to the podcast for two weeks and I got two shit losses. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been even if, like I wish I was on for the Jets game where I've been like, ah, we all get to sing Kumbaya. But uh, no, it was uh, it was fun to be back. And, you know, I just I feel like I, you know, stand with a lot of the fan base where it sucks for Herbert to put forth the effort he has yeah. mm-hmm. um, over the last, you know, month or so of the season in particular um, mm-hmm. and, and get these results. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, you know, when they currently have Herbert at the cheapest, he's going to be as an NFL quarterback for the, you know, them to not have the team, the structure, the players around him that they need to, I wish we could start, you know, talking about this podcast about how good Herbert was, as I said last week, I wish we could have started, you know, I, I guess we did start the podcast, but I wish we could have focused more last week on Keenan Allen having 11 for 175 mm-hmm. or Herbert having the game he did last week. We had to, you know, start really putting the focus on the defense. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I feel bad for the fan base, obviously going through it. And I, I feel bad for Justin Herbert as obviously that was the most, you know, uh, visibly frustrated that he's been in any game that I can remember and rightfully so. Yep. All right, guys, thank you for hanging out with us. I don't know why you guys continue to show up after rough losses like this and a bad season like this. Uh, next week, next week, I think the game, regardless of what happens, it'll be very emotional, either emotionally very positive or just effing over the whole thing. Not that we aren't already, but um, I, I, I do feel that Ravens post game is going to be uh, kind of more like this. And you know maybe we'll do a mock draft for funsies, and, and see who we, which seven foot receiver we can take. All right, guys, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care, and as always, bolt up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.